0: Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 321, and I had a conversation with Tian Sirin. She's an Akashic Records practitioner. The Akashic Records are a quote compendium of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and life forms, not just human. Tian Siren is also a second-generation intuitive and award-winning photographer. I've always been fascinated by the Akashic Records and the records room, so this conversation was really uh, intriguing for me to ask a lot of questions and find out, do more of a deep dive, find out more about this metaphysical realm, if you will. Um, The unknown to me is is the most fascinating, so I'm excited to have this conversation and for y'all to hear it. I just had my sixth year anniversary of the show, and I want to thank all of you so much for being a huge part of it and my life. I really appreciate it. I I could not do it without you, of course, with all you listeners. In other news, uh, check out Hey Human Podcast to learn more about my guests and the show. SusanRuth.com to learn more about me, and please follow Susan Ruthism and Hey Human Podcast on social media. And check out my new relationship and sex show with sexologist and healthcare practitioner Mara Edelman. It's on YouTube and it's called Are We There Yet. You can find it youtube.com slash Are We There Yet podcast show. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Be well. Be kind and hang in there. All right. Here we go. Tian Xian, welcome to Hey Human.
1: Hello. Hello, I'm
0: hello. So, I'm so glad to have you here. Yeah, me
1: too. Me too. I'm so excited that we connect and I love that we have a common, talented, powerful artist friend and I just love, love Rachel so
0: much. Yeah. Shout out to Rachel Kais. She is an incredible woman and she spoke so highly of you and said, you have to talk to her. She's really interesting. So I'm, I'm glad we finally got the, the chance to connect.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited so yeah. I'm glad to be here.
0: Let's jump in. Tell me. Uh, where your childhood was spent, what your growing up was like. Okay, so I was
1: growing up in Thailand. So I spent about 15 years in Thailand. My upbringing was grew up in a home of a father who is really into Buddhism. And I probably went to every temple in Thailand. We're not even kidding. We're talking, you name the temple in Thailand. I've been there, so I grew up knowing a lot about Buddhism, but in a way that is more of a ritualistic thing, and how to see God, universe in more of this highly reverence kind of detached from human experience thing, or you go to the the divine when you begging or asking for something so and and ever since then my relationship with the universe source however you want to call it had you know had changed you know drastically but um growing up in thailand and um it was lovely i in i remember as a child i often see a lot of spirits and I go to places that I feel things that I don't know what is something here I feel it but I don't see it type thing and then I didn't quite know how to manage that energy until maybe in my teen years when I start to get into more of an astroteric thing on my own I taught myself how to read tarot I learned about numerology on my own I remember um well, um, i was born in 78, so I'm the child of kind of growing up in the 80s. So I have my little Walkman, you know, with the tape that you still can. I was really good at like rewind, pause and replay. And I love the radio and there's radio station that talk about numerology. It would just be like at night listening to like super late at night just to learn about different numbers in my bedroom by myself. So yeah and then and then I came to the state at around 16 as an exchange student and um and then I went to college I went to a Christian college
0: here in, in my, US.
1: yeah in the US I went to a a college that is a um a liberal interesting liberal biblical college where I study art and a minor in biblical study so kind of I have kind of a mixture of background when it's come to spirituality and different way of looking at the world.
0: was Christianity part of your upbringing along with the Buddhism? Not at all not at all it's
1: something that I kind of explore and discover while I was here um and now where I'm at right now, I have a a very kind of wider perspective of how I see, Um, God and universe and I definitely don't really abide into any particular organized religions. And we can talk more about that on my opinion and why organized religion exists and how I feel that is really a mechanism in many ways to control people. But Mm -hmm. we can definitely talk more about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to focus still a little bit more on childhood. So in Thailand, Mm -hmm. I imagine the esoteric is more readily available oh, in, than, than it is here as you were saying there's you know temples everywhere and there is an understanding more i think in in asian cultures especially that there is a sense of the divine flowing through humans whereas in western culture there's a disconnect there, there almost needs to be a third party involved you can touch god but only through particular
1: yeah through like pope priests Mm-hmm,
0: time, right?
1: mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would agree because um, in Thailand, when you're born, it's, this is really interesting about Thailand. So in Thailand, when you were born into Thailand, automatically on your ID, you already a Buddhist whether you want to or not, but you can chain later. If later you want to become Muslim or Christian, then you can chain later, but kind of almost in a sense, you were born Buddhist. It's, it's really interesting concept in term of it's not a religion. It's kind of almost like part of your identity. And the idea of reincarnation in Thailand is second nature. There's everyone basically believe in it. We are, like in Thailand, most people believe in the law of karma, the law of cause and effects. And um, and at time though, um, now that I'm older, I start to see karma in a very different way. Than it's like, oh, if you do some bad thing, you get punished. If you do a good thing, you get good coming to you. Karma is much more complex than that now that I, you know, kind of seeing through life and experiences. So, How do
0: you recognize karma now?
1: Karma is, is more complex than just like when you do something bad, something bad happened to you. When you do something good, something good happened to you because it's not always that way. Because sometimes when we like doing good things, you know, like unpleasant things do happen. And when I you have seen several people that seem to be like, Doing also is a really seedy thing, and it's still, you know, they still seem to be okay, whether or not they're okay inside, is another story. The karma, or the law of karma, from Akashic Record perspective, this is what I study, it doesn't belong to each other, or the, like, you've done something good to someone, so you have to come back and pay it back, It's belong to you. In what way that you betray yourself in some way and you come to find liberty and you come to find peace within certain situations that may, may be connected to them. But at the end of the day, it's come back to your own feeling toward it. You Well, let's say that I'll give you an example. Um, let's say that in your past life you were... You, let, let's say that you betray your, yourself in some way and then you didn't follow um, your heart or you get burned at the stake being a witch or you kill yourself. And and you, in that life, you end up in some way like giving your power away or feel that you are a victim in some way. Oftentimes, I see people come back into this life in a similar situation. Sometimes, even with the same set of people, same cast, and all come here to, in some way, fighting... That way to come to um, be at peace with it or come to break free for something. Um, Oftentimes, we see people that in this world, let's say that they were burned at the stake, sometimes they even come into their life in a family that are Catholic in order for not only come to step into their power as an intuitive. And to be like, you know what, in that past life, I was born at the stake. In this time, I'm going to go into it. Now that I'm in another world, I'm safe. I'm going to do this again. And also in some way, come to have a reconcile with the very thing that harmed them in the past. And to be like, you know what, yes, you know, Catholicism or the belief that people see about witchcraft a certain way. And it harmed me in some way. However, in this time, I'm going to bring the power back to me. And be able to see Catholicism that maybe have harmed them in that past life, to see that it's not Catholicism per se, it's the people and that belief in God that distorted. So to be able to kind of come to shift the reality within themselves and their soul.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, that they experience a parallel to something they've experienced before with the hopes that in the new life, they can ascertain, I don't have to give away my power anymore. I can maintain my power and, in fact, step out of either the situation or the belief system or exactly. the, or stay in the belief system but take away the negative element of the belief
1: exactly, system. Exactly, exactly. To, to, to take away the duality of it, the win, the lose, the hero, the villain, rather than just come back to the autonomy of who they are as a human being.
0: You mentioned that when you were young you could see spirits and things and you you had uh your fa- I read that your father was empathic and a medium. Yes. Now knowing that that spirituality and these sorts of things are more prevalent in other countries than they are here in the United States, but having somebody in your family that is so much into that mindset and that ability that must have shaped you a great deal.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, it it helps. I'm thankful for it. You know, like I don't have to um, feel that I have to explain too much. You know, or at i something wrong with my daughter. <laughs> She's seeing shit. You know, no, like it's 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 a, that's a blessing. You know, and of course, every family had their own kind of things that you have to overcome, and have my own too. You know. But that part I am thankful for, that I, I don't have to worry about that in terms of... Um, although, now that I think about it, I remember when I told my dad, that was the that was the one of the biggest hiccups, um, when I told my dad that I became a Christian and now I don't really abide by that. But at the time I told him that I, I remember how upset he was and that was like, that just like that just hurts me you know but um but yeah i mean like wow i have support in certain way i remember when i told him that i became a christian at the time that i became a christian he was not fully supportive of it
0: why was he upset by that
1: i think he probably feel that i well Hmm, I think it's probably a couple of things. It's probably, it was, you know, we were so close and connected spiritually in that way. So he probably feel a little sense of betrayal in some way. And, um, and you know, now that I think about it, it's probably part of, it's kind of almost a culture thing. You're born into certain thing and all of a sudden, I become another, I was in another country at the time. So he probably felt a sense of that he lost another chunk of connection, you know. that mm-hmm.
0: so you become Americanized or it's, something?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. And then when we talked to him about it, why
0: he was so upset, but but I can see that. It's interesting because I think there there is a disconnect in that you shouldn't have to give up one for the other. You can be a spiritual, intuitive, psychic, even person who is a Catholic or a Christian or this or that or the other, or a Buddhist. Or They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. And yet there, there seems to be, I don't know if it comes from, again, as you mentioned earlier, power play. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think that, so.
0: Yeah. It, it's the idea that,
1: Um, anything that doesn't fit in I think it's a I think it's a human thing it's a human thing in the sense that do I get approval do I feel safe do I feel control and when when some feeling lack of that they start to create rules to follow and if you are outside of that rule then then instead of be able to be like you know what everyone will find their own way and everyone is okay and good. It's like no, you're outside that rule. Therefore, you are bad because it's different than mine.
0: Yeah, it's a real unfortunate thing about humanity, uh, for sure. And yeah. it is interesting why we are so threatened by things we don't understand. Why we can't embrace the unknown with the uh, wonder of a child, for example. Exactly the wonder of a child.
1: No, because because it, it's that sense that um it's that I feel that it's an evangelical mindset. And when I say the word evangelical mindset, I'm not saying Christianity or anything. I'm just like in general of the idea that you have to convey someone to believe just like you do, in order for you to feel that you are right. Mm-hmm. You know, and we see this throughout Everything, the the idea of duality, of winning, losing, punishment, and praise. And this is in the school system, even beyond religion. We see it like if you um, get the right answers, you know, and how how I feel that the society have become so scientific and math-driven, that people constantly seeking the right answer for everything. While in life, it doesn't work that way. You know, like there is no one right answer. There are life is non-linear. Linear. So, and I feel that oftentimes in our school system, is trained people to, to kind of almost feeling paralyzed in a way if they don't find the right answer.
0: Well, I think more uh, than the right answer, maybe it's about if, individuals learn differently and yeah. I think we've come up with this uh, homogeny of what how a child is supposed to learn based on another child and another child and another child and in fact we're starting to realize that individual learning is so complex right exactly uh, yeah and that to hold one child's learning and understanding quotient <laughs> against yeah. another it's just a lose-lose situation.
1: I agree. And I mean, as someone who study art, though, someone who study art and music and all those things, I feel that when the school system wants to take something out of the school system, it's always the art. It's always the But this is what I think is why. Whether or not it's subconsciously, unconsciously, here's the thing art and music and dance or whatever form of expressive art, those are the very thing that allow human to be just as they are. And there is no wrong answer. Math and science. while wow, I had a lot of respect and praise for it because we need it to, you know, need it in this world. When you not allow human, to be able to express themselves freely without having to derive to one absolute answer so or formula, when you take out that kind of element of human training, it's easier to control a human. So if you can allow them to have ability to express themselves f- fully and freely, it's harder to control.
0: Absolutely, expression is uh, dissidence, right? So. Okay. You can dissent against things by your art and by your yep. music and and by your word. Uh, I agree with you absolutely. completely. And yep. it is a bummer that that's usually the first thing to go. Which uh, should, to me, is
1: it on purpose? Not on purpose. We can debate on that. But this definitely had a repercussion.
0: Absolutely. Yep. And of course, now we know that if you maintain children in music and and arts programs they actually excel in science and language and mathematics yeah as a result as a result
1: because some of the best and arrow is an aerospace engineer or some of the best engineer out there they have wildest imagination absolutely because in order for you to invent something new you have to go to the places never been before Mm-hmm. and formula will not get you there but your imagination your like energy your childlike curiosity and wonder will get you there mm-hmm. if we never have curiosity if we wonder will never have a breakthrough we will still be in a cave you know it's that sense of like creative rebelliousness that not
0: only in the cave but looking at the shadow in the cave and thinking that that's the real thing
1: (laughs) that's it you know (laughs) that would be a sad life so yeah
0: how did you make a decision as you went to college you studied biblical studies and how did you come out of that was the plan to be a religious person or be a religious scholar person
1: not at all. I, I at first went into that college at first, at very first, I want to become a psychologist. And I wanted to go a Christian college because I became a Christian in my 18 at the time. And I feel like, you know, what? I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do it. And then I went to I found a Christian school down here in California, Biola University, and I visited and I loved it. And I feel that it's the right place for me to go at the time. And had a, I had excellent education there. I met some wonderful friends. Eventually I changed my major to art, it was art therapy at first and then to art. And then at the time, I no not have no desire to become a religious scholar or anything. At the time it was just, I want to be an artist. And I at one time interned for New Line Cinema to work on photography because that was my major in college, photography and sculpture. And afterward, went back to Thailand, but I came back and started working as a photo editor for entertainment industry. So I did that for 15 years before I recently left it, maybe like about a year or two ago to read Akashic Records fully. I was a photo editor for, for different studio throughout. Uh, at the area and photo agency. And that was something that I wanted to do at the time. I want to be, I love movie. I love television show. I love the arts. And I thought it was a perfect way of me building a career on something that I love. And I did it until we get to the point that it just doesn't feel quite in alignment of what I want to do full time anymore. And then I start to do reading on the side and, you know, work at a movie studio for for a long time and eventually things got so busy that I cannot sustain both so I left that's exciting yeah it is exciting <laughs> well it is exciting when I when now but during the transition there was a lot that coming up for me in terms of like how I'm gonna be entrepreneurs how I'm gonna sustain my own life without getting the paychecks and all of those things yeah so yeah. the, the transitional stage is not the most comfortable, but I did it.
0: Having the ability to see things that other people might not be aware of, uh, how did that shape you throughout your life? Did it did it hinder you at all? Where you're, you know, sitting at dinner with someone and there's their uncle Bob who died in a car <laughs> accident. You know, yeah, like they like,
1: like, hear have a message. It was, it was adjustment uh, at first, you know, because sometimes I remember as a kid, I will wake up seeing something like standing at the end of my bed, you know, and, and we, we grew up watching scary movie. I grew up watching a lot of scary movie as a kid. I watched either Disney movie, action movie, or scary movie with my dad. Um, I never know what's chick flicks was until college. I'm like, what is this? What is this shit? Why everyone, why is everyone crying and oh, this thing, right? So um, but my brain was programmed to see spirit, spirituality or ghost or spirit in certain way that somehow it's gonna come get you and you have to run away and it can kill you too. In reality, when I start to see it differently now, it's changed my life completely. It doesn't freak me out like it used to. I know now that you and I still alive and breathing here on Earth. We have the first class ticket. We still have sole contract of being here on Earth. Anything else beyond it, sometimes they come to you to contact you in order to seek help. Sometimes they just need a little help to to kind of send them away. And if they are mean, because they are those mean ones, you can always get assistance and help for the higher beings. So now I'm more in control of it. But when I was younger, it was, it was interesting. It was kind of almost like it's scary. And it it can be weird at times. I had a friend of mine that literally her dad was like, I have a message for her. And and I remember when that first encounter happened, I was like, she gonna think I'm nuts, you know. I remember she was. We were editing photo together, um, for Getty images, and and she was just sitting there editing photo, and her dad was literally like, you know, have something to share with her, and she didn't know that about me, and it was, and I would just literally feel this. Because he was relented. He's like, I need to tell her this. she need to know that I love her and that I'm, you know that she, he proud of her and I was not very good to her and I realized that now and all oh, this really beautiful and wonderful thing and it was like, no oh, she's gonna think I'm crazy. But eventually I have to put myself my own insecurity and fear aside and be like, you know what? I'm here as a channel. that's my gift that what I show as a soul to be here. And I decided to just tell her. And that was one of the most beautiful things that she experienced and received. And ever since then I just I just say what I see and just I just went from there because, because I believe that when as a human being, if we don't share our gifts with the world, we we create a disrupt disruption in the ecosystem energetically. Because we are all come here with our unique gifts and power. And if we shy away from it, it, it's it create a disruption in the ecosystem and the energy doesn't flow. So same way as when we don't allow ourselves to receive, oftentimes people are really good at giving and busy at giving and giving. When we don't allow ourselves to receive, that also creates a disruption. So for example, um let's say that you know people oftentimes see the energy of water let's say a current of water a beautiful river you know that's just flowing and you know giving beautiful water energy and and everything to everything and imagine if the earth refused to receive the water what would happen the grass will die, the tree will suffer, and, yeah. and through those experiences. So to me, mm-hmm. ability to give and receive is equally powerful. Not just giving. We live in such a yang energy. You must do, 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 and build, build, build. And sometimes even resting, people feel guilty to even resting. To me, it's know like, receive. Because then, then you can go on from a place of authenticity rather than pretending.
0: Why do you think it is then that so many millions of people go through their life, and whether it be self sabotage or maybe they aren't the light bulb doesn't go on for them, and they they do feel maybe miserable in their existence or that they have never really accomplished what they wanted? Why do you think that that happens for some of us? I think it's a it's it's a complex question,
1: but I think one of the thing is that it's come back to that approval and punishment. Mm. People are afraid that if they're truly living what they want, they're going to get punished for. If they truly speak from their heart, they're going to get yelled at. And this is, can be something just the conditioning from childhood, not to mention past life there's another thing altogether. And, and I have come to learn that sometimes we've been conditioned to, to feel the sense of kind of unworthiness. Kind of almost like, well, I can receive all this, only this much because, because when it's kind of almost like we've been conditioned to 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 kind of almost like be able to kind of hold a certain space for ourselves when it's come to good thing. Anything beyond that is kind of almost too good to be true, where it's like, well, you know, I, I I, suffer this much, and this is the reality that I know, so I can handle it. But what if I dive into something that my heart truly wants? And what if it's fail? Then what's going to happen then?
0: Sure. There. And I, I think people do get very uh, conditioned to understand and accept Pain and suffering as, in a way that that becomes their normal. That becomes their love. That becomes their good yeah, addiction. An addiction to the bad. Addiction to the bad. Addiction to the
1: pain. That that happens too. And wow the good is become literally scary.
0: I think about this a lot. Actually, I think about so cool. there are forces of shadow and light in the universe, and they have an ebb and flow with each other. Right. And I think if there are people that are actively trying to do good and then things happen to them they get murdered or they get raped or they you know or they have abusive child childhoods you know or whatever it is and so that they never really can get past that pain mm-hmm. i think oh is that the shadow like shoving down the light because they don't want the light to to get out there but then you see the flowers from the concrete that right. do get there so mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing to think about yeah it's for sure and and here here's something that it can throw
1: another twist to it and, and and you know you can tell me what you think. So from, from a Kashic record perspective, from the soul perspective, anything that happened in our life, good or bad, you know, the good is good. Let's talk about the bad. In some way, we were not punished for it. Our soul, our higher self, our brave is the most courageous self shows it as an opportunity to liberate ourselves. Sometimes we chose it to liberate ancestral line and ancestral wound, and the choice comes down to us. We have the choice to recognize it, that it's hurtful, it's awful, it sucks, it hurts, but here's a fine line. You can choose to wallow in that, and make it become your identity, and just swim in it and just, you know, about it every day. Or you can choose it to be like, you know what, it can be my human experience, but it doesn't have to become who I am and what I want to become. This is where the free will and willpower comes in.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think about things like Megan's Law, for example, there were, you know, a parent whose child was murdered, and then went and rallied in Congress until a protection was put into place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Look at Elizabeth Smart. She was abducted, but now she she chose not to be like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, that happened to me, and I'm going to... Now she's a champion. A exactly. I'm going to become this like, victim all the rest of my life. You know, she she gone through whatever healing that she had to gone through, and she chose to use her life and an example to
0: empower people. And there's no judgment around people that can't get to that point, of course, but it is interesting to think about of course. Before, before we come into this life and we think, okay, we're going to have this human experience,
1: going mm-hmm. to be
0: a soul having a human experience. Right. And and see how I deal with that. And I might deal with it one way or another. And that there's no ju- I think about that, too. It's like, OK, if there's no judgment around it, let's say you never pull yourself up from your bootstraps or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you you die and you go back to wherever we go back to and you
1: come back again.
0: Yeah. And then you come back again. But, up at, you know, up in wherever in the little meeting spot is where people exactly. go, OK, what would you think of that life? Do you think then? Well, okay, I tried that and it didn't really work out the way I thought it would. But you know what? I gave it a good effort and I learned a lot. Or maybe I didn't uh-huh. learn anything. And let's do that again, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird, happened. it's a weird thing to wrap your head around. Oh, of course,
1: yeah. And and I've been doing this work for a while and I read for over a thousand Akashic records, like that people's soul story. And one thing is true is that all of the soul want to be liberated. All of the soul want to heal in what way they have betrayed themselves, in what way they have given their power away to the parents, to the teacher, to the lovers, and all those things to bring it back to them to know that you are not broken, a whole and complete. And that's Mm -hmm. a really hard way to wrap around it because we live in a society that's driven by perfectionism. And a conscious society that's driven by comparison to others. Yeah. And in what way you can bring it back to you and see your, your, your uniqueness and your beauty and your power.
0: It's tricky. It's tricky to be a human being.
1: Uh, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> if you think it's tricky, it will be tricky. If you think it's not tricky, it won't be. So not to say that I don't have day that is like, shh, Shit, I just wanna cry and scream to pillow. But I can choose to do that every day. Or I can choose to have hope and believed and, and go on.
0: How did you step into Akashic reading? And oh, and also explain to people what that is who might not. Okay. Know.
1: So Akashic records is it come from a word Akasha in Sanskrit that is mean the the originally aware thing exists, kind of almost like kind of this breath of life type thing. And Akashic Record can be seen in different many things, you know, like in Jung, Jung talk often a lot about um, human collective unconsciousness and collective consciousness. So is this celestial library that have information about who you are, why you're here, what a lesson that you come here to learn, um, what are you here to give, You know all kinds of things. You can even open Akashic records of your home, the history of the home. You can open Akashic record of your cat or your dog, all sorts of things. And how I came about it is during the time where it was probably one of the most difficult time in my life, I got out from a horrible, abusive marriage. And I, I was facing some discrimination while I was working at a movie studio and I was just in search for some kind of answer and peace. And then and at the time I was like, OK, I'm going to tap into this spirituality away in my own way, not Buddhism, not Christianity, but just my own way. And then a friend of mine, my neighbor was like, hey, there's a store nearby that is this you know, metaphor, metaphysical store that you might be interested in. So I'm like, okay, let me look. So I went online, I looked up the event, you know, I'll see what's going on. And they said, learn how to read Akashic records. And at the time, I didn't even know what the hell it was. I didn't even know how to pronounce it, but something in my heart. So I learned how to do that. I'm like, okay. I always follow that. It does come up when I feel that kind of almost that that alignment between my heart and my gut. That's like, ooh, this feel good in my body. Didn't know what it is. I follow that just like how I went to school and different thing. And that seemed to work out for me. So, you know what? I'm going to follow that. So, I went. I studied. I almost did not go in. I almost I I was late. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna do this. This is too much. And then I, I went for it anyways. And I went from beginning to the advanced courses and and it helped, it's totally revised how I see the world, revised how I see people and the soul. Um so yeah, it's it was in then in many ways I was doing it for me. I didn't plan to do it for anyone I was doing it for my own self-development and then I started to read for people for my friends and then my friend referred me to other people and then eventually started doing more of it and then um I read for a shaman friend of mine Shaman Durek on Clubhouse and he invited me on podcast and that just kind of turned into a thing.
0: So yeah. That's so that, great. Yeah. Is it is it hard to do? Is it something that comes naturally to you? Um, I don't
1: think it's hard. I think everyone can do it. I think everyone tap in, because a Akashic Record is your own soul story, not mine. When I read your Akashic Record, I connect to your master, teacher, and ancestor, not mine. And then it's just, to me, you already know in some way what you are about is, is, me as a reader, I just confirming what you know for you to be like, oh, it's kind of almost like me give you a permission slip. It's like, oh yeah, you can accept what you already now. So, um, and I, I personally don't think it's hard. It does take practice, just like everything else. And a lot of practice, is has to do with, um, I don't believe in becoming. I believe in revealing, like as human is the whole idea of becoming, Is just like, let's be climbed to the top of the rock and get to that glorious self. It's talking about is tiring. Revealing is allowed to all oh, the shit that is not you to fall away. So in some way, when I read people Akashic records, or when you read your own Akashic record, the, the part is the hardest part is to get rid of that self-doubt. That voice is like, oh my God, it's just all in your head. Oh my God, you just make this shit up. Oh my God, it's not scientifically proven, therefore it's not real. You know, it's, it's the practice of letting that stuff go and think that it's you and authentically you would just reveal itself. It's kind of almost like how my Michelangelo just, he said that, you know, it's about, the the sculpture that he had in his mind or in the
0: marble, it's just shifting the part that is not. Do you get information for people that maybe it's hard for them to hear, and how do you deal with that with your clients? That
1: um, that I get some really. Because interesting, because everyone guys are so different. Some of them can be really gentle and sweet and serene, and some of them just like punch you in the gut, you know. So, so somehow, as a reader, sometimes I just you know, I I padded it a little bit before I deliver it to them. But sometimes I have to deliver something that is tough for them to hear about themselves, but is is my my job to deliver what I hear because that could be the very key that they need mm. you mm. know, like kind of some hard truth and most of the time when I deliver that sometimes it's get reaction where they cry or it's just just you know to me crying is a beautiful thing you release thing that you' be holding on to. so and then you know I remember when I was working for a little psychic company, that sometimes people calling in to want to hear what they want to hear. One time and there was a, a, a client of mine that she asked me if this particular thing that she invests her money into going to work. I hear from them directly that it's not going to work. However, there are other things that they have all this beautiful, amazing business idea that plan out for her. They'll like, say, oh, but if you do this, this, and this, it's going to work. She did not want to hear it. She was like, but you're saying this thing not going to work? How dare you say that? I am like, put so much money into it. It's like, I'm not going to tell you what. It's not going to work and dump more money into it. But I gave her this, they were giving her this gift. I like, but if you focus on this, it's going to work. She did not want to hear it. So she hang up. So from then, I I basically make a deal with the universe. and say, so I I only want people that ready. I want people yeah. that that ready because to me, it's not, a, it's not about me cannot handle the hard stuff, but it's also about me wanting to be at the place that people, they don't have to be completely ready. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, you know. But I, I have clients that they have to like jump through the energetic hoops to get to them. I don't mind that, but as long as they open to hear it, rather than if they only open what they want to hear, because that's not what I'm here to do.
0: When you first started doing this, I imagine there are gate, are there gatekeepers to the records room mm-hmm. library? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I imagine then that they have to see that you are not up to no good, that you're trying to help folks. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of uh, forgive me for this sure. basic way of putting it, but is there an interview process with the gatekeepers? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I I think I feel that people that choose to do this work I hope that they come from a place that they want to help people so I I find that I don't know I always someone I don't know how other people read it I cannot speak for everyone else for me I always keeping myself in check I open my akashic record every day if I can to just every time I read for client I open my own first to just clear out my own stuff and issues and just have a conversation with them in the shower crying what have you and then when I hop on a call I can be a clear vessel and and then in terms of interview process I think if you feel called to do it then it's come from a place of the goodness of your heart you already signed up to do this before you even come here. As you know, even with what you do now, with even you inspire to making this podcast. This is something that you decided to do before you were born, to be yeah. kind of the voice for everyone, to be kind of almost a a bridge between wisdom to other wisdoms, and and allow people that maybe have not been heard before to be heard.
0: You know, yeah. I just don't get That's lovely. Thank you. When you have a client, mm-hmm. they they call you up and they say, I want to access my records, and then you do it in real time with them, or is it something that you get back to them after you download? I do it
1: in real time with them. So um before the before 2020, I will do it in person. Um I will go to their home or they will meet someplace. But when with the 2020 happen, I start to do it on Zoom. And that have been working just as well. Because I have client in Japan, I have client in Netherlands or Germany, I cannot necessarily see them in person. But that's what I love about human is that we are so adaptable. Yeah such powerful survivors and thriver, you know. Like I, I never I was, I was like, oh my god, how how can I do this without seeing them in person? And then you just adapt. You, I just start to reading energy through just the Zoom call. And now now I kind of almost pre- prefer the Zoom call over in person because I'm in my own home. I can clear the space, I can do my things and And reading with me now is beyond just question answer. It used to be that way. And in the beginning, I would use kind of different tool. And this is something that can go on for everyone that's interested in tapping in their own intuition is is allow yourself to be a student and don't have to be so hard on yourself and say, oh, I don't see it the way other people see it. I don't hear the way. Just get rid of that and just become in your own authentic self. Like when I first reading it, when I have doubts, I just, I get assistant. I get Oracle card to confirm it. I do automatic writing. I get pendulum. I just allow myself to receive and get help as me and building my muscle. Now I don't need them. I just if somehow they call for it, then I do it. And now my reading is beyond just question answer. It's question answer, I'll tell you what I see in Akashic record, but I also believe in um, <laughs> a practical spirituality. I think information for emo- information sakes are nice and powerful, but I also believe in energetic healing. So I will assist my client to go through in kind of hypnotic trance state to travel in their own Akashic records and experience it and shift the energy in it. I do some inner child work because I believe that our childhood, especially the the one that are difficult, um, a form of our past life, is not in this now moment, but it still in some way can haunt us and for so oftentimes that my clients, guys will guide them to travel into the first time that let's say that they feel that I must be a perfectionist to receive love and to connect with that child, connect to that child and, and travel to a place in, in Akashic record that is make them the most free and do healing in that and bring all of those back to them in our time. So mm-hmm. I do a little bit of kind of my own way of shamanistic inner child healing and Akashic record information. So that's the work that I'm doing now. And I didn't never think that it would become this way, but just kind of from following my clients, guide. guy, I'll say, Oh, I want you to kind of do this for her. I'm like, okay. So I just say, okay. And it is eventually one day it's just click into its own system that works for people that never done before and they're just like well what's that so
0: well tell people how they can find you so um, they can do this work
1: yeah they can find me on instagram which is um my name is underscore tien sirin t i e n s i r i n underscore or uh, at tien T I E N S I R I N t i e n s i r i n.com and And the funny thing, Tian Sirin in Thai, Tian mean candle and Sirin mean heaven. So it's kind of I love that. Yeah. The light of
0: heaven, you're lighting up from I love that. I
1: know. it's it's really cool. So that's why I use it. and i I all I need is your um your name. During the session, you don't have to really bring anything aside from your name, and then we just go from there.
0: Okay, well, I'll put links for all of those things on HeyHumanPodcast.com so people yeah. can just go directly there and find you quite easily.
1: Yeah, wonderful.
0: How does your dad feel now about the fact that you're on this path? He must be really excited.
1: Oh, my gosh, he loves it. He thinks it was really cool that i tapping into my gifts, and and he, he really enjoyed it. And and what I love about my dad is that he always very supportive, and he's... He's not the, your typical Asian dad, that he actually let me do what I want. I remember in college when when I was telling my mom, I'm going to study art. My mom was like, I'm going to let you talk to your dad. <laughs> and then my dad was just like, no, do what you love, you know, and without that, I won't be getting to do what I am today because there's some, there are so many key elements in my life because, because i doing the work that I did in a movie studio and in the art that kind of led me to here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have a sister.
0: Is she intuitive as well?
1: She is, but she's not, not doing it like with, with what I do.
0: Maybe before we sign off. Uh-huh, uh, let people know how they can get in maybe they don't want to go as far as the Kashik records just to start with. Maybe mm-hmm. there's people that are just now starting to get in touch with that part of themselves. What's some advice you might give someone who's just now coming online, as it were?
1: Yeah, um to know that is it's a good and beautiful thing, and that it's just another pathway for you to love and see yourself even more. And to just start with that, start that from a place that is a good thing, you know, because there's a lot of um, historic noises around what intuition is and, you know, whether or not something that you make it up or is it even of goodness, right? And just know that you're good and you deserve to be in touch with all part of you. You know, like mentally, because, you know, you can be mentally, we, we emphasize a lot of them, that mentally, body with fitness. And now you can tap into the spiritual fitness for yourself and to come to see yourself in a deeper level. And it's a beautiful thing. And And start small. And just that small, you can get something as easy. I love Oracle cards because, you know, with tarot, you have to know the meaning of it. You have to tie them together. It's a whole darn thing. Just get yourself an Oracle card that you feel that, oh, this feels good to you and t- lean into the feeling. Does is feel good in your body? This, to me, that is a good indication of where you should follow because we... We've been told many times that you know, like anything that is feel good is bad for you. Know just go with what feel good and just start off with something as oracle card, ask simple question, ask ask question that is yes or no. To me, that just kind of those can be a legit question, but it doesn't give you a lot of information. Ask question that start with what, why, and how. Like, let's say that you know. Um, how can I bring more abundance into my life instead of who I be rich? You know, <laughs> or like, you know, those, those are questions that will expand more like um, how can I love my significant other better and pull an Oracle card or like what might have been the stag- stagnaticity in my life that I need to focus on something that give the universe room mm-hmm. to give you more answer than just, a yes or no or when. Because mm-hmm. the yes or no or when is like a question for bandage question. I have anxiety right now, so I need to know when is this going to stop? Give me a bandage. Mm-hmm. But but those what, why, and how question bring the power back to you. Something, what can you do about it? Or what can you rest into where you can just simply be as well? Not about doing. Sometimes you just have to let thing unfold itself.
0: And so I think practical. messages come from all over the place too. Just as you exactly. move through your daily life, messages yeah. are coming through. Oh, yeah. And ask for sign. Oh, and this is a
1: really good one. I love that you brought that up. Ask for sign. Like, wait, at first ask the universe, and like, you know what? I'm ready. Please activate this inside of me in the level that my brain, my body is ready for. Because sometimes people say, like, Yeah, let's bring it on. And sometimes it's create certain symptom in their body because the universe said oh my god she's so gung-ho she ready i was one of those i had vertigo and ringing in the ears it was not fun and then eventually i told him well, thank you but simmer it down. and that's and it got acupuncture it was great but so ask them that i'm ready but please bring it into my body where i'm ready for and every time you see a sign let's say that um you see a bird, or you see a sign in front of you that confirming what you needed to know. Don't go into the doubt mode and say, "Oh, it's coincident. I just make that shit up." Just be like, you know what? Thank you for the sign. I appreciate it. Bring more, please. And that's how you expand more from a place of gratitude and uh, and, and you know, abundance rather than scarcity and doubt.
0: So. That's- great advice that makes yeah. good sense yeah thank you so much
1: you're welcome it's, this is so lovely i love it and i love that we live kind of nearby each other yeah right we'll here.
0: have to connect out in the real world
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly I was like ooh, i can touch you i know <laughs> cool.
0: Bye, everybody bye everyone thank you rate review and subscribe to hey human on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts thanks bye